0: i've been looking forward to today's episode why because i recently had an article published about this podcast series and i'm excited to tell you about it because it's been really well received so yeah we're going to do a podcast episode about a journal article about the same podcast series very meta Mm Hi, everybody. This is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, and I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Today's episode is sponsored by Maven Roth Group, who thanks our healthcare heroes for their hard work during this difficult time. Maven Roth can help take some of the work off your already full plate because they've been teaming up with hospitals and practices for years, helping them communicate with their audiences through print, social media, and more. Now let Mavenroth help you create and share your COVID-19 messaging. Visit mavenroth.com today. So first of all, I want to thank the editors at the Journal of Consumer Health on the Internet for their support and their help in writing this article. Uh, it was fun for me to think about the audience for the article as folks who had probably never heard this show before. But because it's a public health journal, I could assume some things like they care about health equity. It's the Journal of Consumer Health and the Internet. So they're caring about digital health and digital health equity. And I thought, well, gosh, there's so many places I could go with communication and education. So I took my time to think, what's one thing I could tell them about the show that kind of cuts across the series, it gives a good idea of what the show is about but also it's going to be helpful to them in their contexts. So, and, and as you know, public health is such a varied field. So this was not um, easy to do. <laughs> um, and you know, you know that this show is a place where I take up questions and problems That professionals in the health sector have raised. Sometimes they're the listeners to the show. Sometimes they're my consulting clients. Sometimes they're people in other conversations in the sector that I'm a part of. And when those questions or or problems relate to language use, literacy, communication, education, I dig into those questions and uh, bring some research in and then end With something that people can do with their next patient, their next client, or their next project. And I do it all in 10 minutes or so. (laughs) So, because I work with folks across the health sector, and because the people who listen to this show are also from pretty varied professional backgrounds, I try my best to stick to what will be applicable across contexts, which is not easy to do. I do better at it at times than others but i was kind of in the same boat when writing this article and i'm thinking what's one thing i could tell them about the show that's going to be relevant to the audience for the journal it took me some time but i landed on deficit perspectives talk about them a lot in this show right what they are how to spot them what they look and sound like where they show up now in case you missed those episodes deficit perspectives relate to seeing people as well lacking as in deficit empty containers to be filled Ferry says passive recipients it can relate to maintaining a focus on what a person or a group doesn't understand doesn't do don't have what their situation lacks or what it seems the community can't provide so any focus that's limited to negative instances can constitute a deficit perspectives. They're important in healthcare and they're important in education too, because they can do a lot of damage and they're sneaky. They can be tricky to spot, right? And right now, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of people across the health sector being very conscious of their language, which we usually are. But right now, I think it's getting a lot of attention. And this is great. You're flagging words and terms that you're like, yes, there's a discriminatory. I'm not going to use them anymore. Super. This is important. Words matter. But part of why they matter is what they point to. More than the words themselves, the thinking underneath the words because often it's not just a matter of well okay what what kind of word can we use instead it's about looking at the thinking behind that word that led us to use it in the first place i'm going to argue you can't do health equity work unless you're willing to pay this kind of attention to your language it's not just the words it's the assumptions underneath those terms and, and phrases. The patterns of thinking behind them that hold it all together, that's where deficit perspectives come in, right? Because they have real social effects. And I haven't talked about this enough in the past, but people who look at literacy and language the way that I do, we approach language as a structure, um, as a durable structure, as a social structure. And if you want to talk about structural inequalities, some of these inequalities are created and maintained through language. And that's why this kind of analysis of language is important to health equity. Deficit perspectives in particular are helpful to focus on and look for because one, it's something we can all do, right? We can work with this. Each one of us right now can start being more aware of how deficit perspectives can exist in our own interpersonal communication. But it's also important to be able to spot them in organizations. Like I said, language is a durable social structure. So deficit perspectives can show up in policies. They can show up in practices because all of these words and phrases add up to these larger, more formal discourses, which are very powerful. We're seeing them in the news now, but we've known from the research base for more than 20 years that words and phrases and terms used by health professionals with patients and the public do contribute directly to health disparities. That's why a lot of my clients want my help. It's usually about more equitable use of language and more equitable ways to think about language, not just how can I switch out terms? It's like, how can I be more equitable in communication? How can I be more equitable in education? And whether they want to do better at, let's say, patient communication, um, unsurprisingly, given the name of the series, right? Or um, I work on the content and the images in digital health tools or a company's overall health equity strategy. So If you're in healthcare, digital health, or public health, and your organization needs help with bringing communication and education in line with your equity goals, please write me. This is what I do. So in this article, talking about deficit perspectives, let me get into talking about bias, microaggressions, ethnocentrism. I get to put in excerpts from the interviews, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, And I end on a hopeful note not surprisingly, with things that people can do. I'm especially happy to tell you about the fact that I've had the nicest response to this article. This makes me super happy because this is for us, right? This show wouldn't exist without you. It's based on the problems and questions I hear from you and from my clients and the other health pros that I'm talking to. Well, let me tell you, the fact that this article has been read hundred and twenty times as of this afternoon, but you know who's checking. It makes me think it's catching people's attention. I think it might be hitting a nerve too because of the emails that I've gotten. I've gotten emails from folks in multiple countries and their researchers or their educators, their students, their clinicians, and they are jazzed. I'm I'm telling you, like they're sending me their work, they're going you're talking about like health communication and health literacy. We're not talking about that, but we're saying similar things. We're making similar points in our disciplines. And this is what I'm most excited about because I think we're on to something here, folks. This, this kind of chance we have for maybe getting critical mass of folks paying attention and taking action to advance health equity and in their practices, in their companies, in their organizations. Seeing health equity as something that's core to their strategy, not a warm fuzzy, a way of working. As a friend of mine likes to say, a lens through which every decision must be viewed. And as one of my favorite uh, responses that I got in email, somebody said, yeah, it's about time. This is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners. Written and hosted by me, Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Audio engineering and music by Joe Liebel. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.